Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Sport Kite Podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, and I wanted to thank you for tuning in and listening. You may notice that the start of this episode sounds a little bit different than in the past. I know we just started the new season three with new intro music and everything else. However, uh, this episode I am pretty much recording from a camp deep up in the woods uh, where I kind of went on a retreat for the weekend. And so it's rather raw. There's no music. There's no editing. There's just me speaking. So uh, what kind of jump-started all of this was listening to last week's episode and a handful of other things that have been going on. Uh, one of the questions that came up was how you stay motivated or how you kind of stick with something when you're kind of feeling down and low or you just aren't feeling motivated enough to keep going. And that definitely is something that comes into play when it comes to sport kites. And so... Uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit of my approach, what I do. So yeah, here we go. And uh, please be mindful <laughs> if you hear some noise in the background again. I'm up in the woods. It's a little loud up here. Uh, I have hopped inside my vehicle so I can record without too much wind noise on the microphone. But yeah, you may hear some loud birds or some wind in the background as I sit here inside my truck and record this episode. So, um, it is <laughs> no small surprise to folks that have been kind of involved in the sport kite world that sport kite flying as a whole has somewhat seen a downturn in the past few decades. It used to be something that, you know, thousands and thousands of people would do. They'd gather together. It was easy to find other flyers in your area and go out and fly with them. And that level of engagement has dropped off, or at least it's changed in ways that maybe we weren't fully prepared for as, as a community. And it can feel very, very defeating to try and like stay motivated during all of this. And yeah, I here recently suffered a, a kind of a, a big blow to my own motivation. And it was just regarding kites in general. It was kind of sticking with it. Um, you know, I do a lot of stuff outside of the podcast and kind of do a lot of stuff online for sportkite.org, for my own other venture, Fortuna Found, and for a handful of other kite companies. And it's just really felt like I was kind of speaking into the abyss and not hearing anything coming back. You know, I was waiting for the abyss to speak back to me. And so that very one-sided conversation just like really affected me. It, it kind of sapped my last little bit of motivation to go out and fly. And it kind of sucked the joy out of just going out and flying because flying's a job and like, why am I going to do it if like no one's paying attention? So I know some of this isn't necessarily realistic, but uh, hopefully in telling this story or my personal approach or my, 
you know, sharing my, my path, uh, that something may resonate with you. And so, um, yeah, so I, I lost, I kind of lost my motivation and that's why I'm up here at the camp <laughs> is just to kind of get away to just really dive deep, to disconnect myself from cell service and everything else and see if I can find my motivation again. So I think that there is like six different ways that I tend to tackle uh, when I get this lapse in motivation slash lapse in dedication, right? Um, and I've used this not only for, for kite flying, but for managing all the, the kind of behind the scenes social media side of it. And I've also used it for sports and other things in, in my life. And, uh, the first off is that I will just sit down, turn off my phone, turn off any potential distractions and just sit down and look at the task ahead and visualize the end, not the beginning. So what I mean by that is if I can sit and daydream like, oh man, I really want to fly in a top level team with sport kites and doing tricks and we're traveling the globe and we're doing some awesome stuff. Um, it's very easy for me to get distracted and be like, oh yeah, but that means I have to find the people and I have to, I have to do all the training and we have to make other people believe that this is something worth seeing. Blah! Just, just stop right there. Stop and focus again on the end, not the beginning and everything else that needs to happen, just the end. So visualizing there I am flying with a team of maybe two other people or three other people and we are the the premier flyers somewhere. We've got invited to go perform for something and just visualizing that. So it's reestablishing the dream because we all deserve to dream. And dreams can really, really help motivate us. So it's it's reconnecting with something that's a dream. So that's one of my first things is to actually either sketch out or to write out what the end looks like versus the beginning. Just Just focus on that single thing. All the planning and everything else can come later. Just focus on the end goal. All right. So the second thing that I have done to kind of help find my motivation again is to set up competition. Now, <laughs> sport kite competition is difficult, right? Because we just really do not have sport kite competition that's happening out there consistently. Now, a uh, quick note that I, I, heard recently that there is going to be some sport kite competition uh, via stack in the European countries. So those of you that are European listeners, uh, do go check out the stack website. They have information about some upcoming competition. But here in the States, realistically, there is no sport kite competition this year. There hasn't been last year because of the pandemic and the year before because of the pandemic. So it's really hard to be like, oh, hey, 
I'm just going to go attend such and such competition. And if I know I have to compete, then I'm going to, I'm going to find the motivation to consistently be there. Well, again, we're doing a solo sport or predominantly solo sport and a solo sport that really has no competition, so to speak of. So setting up a competition is kind of a little bit difficult. So instead, what I do is I set up competition for myself, right? Uh, so like I will set up in my mind, all right, I want to do an obstacle course, a timed obstacle course that involves, uh, say, a launch to a half axle, across the window, half axle, back down to a land, launch, half axle, fly across the window, and then a two-point landing right in center. Okay. Um, and I have to stay within a certain amount of feet from the ground, and I can't be at the top win window. And, you know, set some crazy parameters, right, for myself. But that is the goal that I'm going to do and the way that I'm going to measure that is with time. So my competition is to see how fast I can do that cleanly and yeah, see if I can consistently do it. And now, you know, just even saying that I'm like, oh yeah, okay, so I need to go out and what would the wind difference be? And, you know, maybe a different kite is going to have a different effect here. So I'm already feeling motivated because I'm starting to think about some of the fun details of what it would take to make that happen. All right. So a third thing that I try is just playing. Um, and it's playing around. And I, I am a huge believer in, in a book that I read a, a little while ago, a little while ago called Everyday Kindergarten. And it was focusing on, you know, teaching these kids how to learn basic coding, uh, computer coding, and, you know, how that could apply to adults and our learning spaces. And what it's some MIT folks that, that kind of wrote this and, and made some discoveries and all that. And one thing that they discovered is that one of the reasons kindergartners have just this ease with learning and pushing their skill set is because they play. Uh, they're not afraid to kind of play around with something to see if this random thing can go here, even though that's not what the directions say. You know, they, they play with stuff. And I saw this happen when I was doing maker events, which are these, these big like show and tell kind of um, science, technological engineering and mathematics events, um, where companies and, and individuals come out and they show these things that they make and they encourage people to come make stuff with them. So I did uh, kite making and kite building and kite flying at, at these makers events. I did uh, world maker events and I also did a lot of local maker events. And I had the standard kite of how it was supposed to be put together. It was rather straightforward. It was easy and, you know, you can put it together in about 35 seconds to a minute and get folks out flying and it flew simply, right? It wasn't a super amazing kite. It was just a simple sled. Um, but 
one thing that I noticed happened a lot on the side is I would get people coming up and they're like, well, what if I put the stick this way? And I, I know if they do that, it's not going to work. But I fought my response to say, oh, no, you have to do it this way. I just let them like, well, you know, why don't you go try it and see if it works? Right. So these kids and even some adults would go and they would add like 50 sticks to this kite, which only needs two sticks. It's it's just a simple sled. Um, and they would add all these sticks and they'd put tails in weird spots and it wouldn't work. So they'd come back, they'd build another one and they would try it in a different configuration and it wouldn't work. And they'd try something else. And they they loved coming back and telling me about what what they discovered. Oh, well, I, I discovered that if I put two long tails off of the bottom, it flies better than if I put the tails off of the wingtips. I was like, oh, really? That's amazing. I wonder what else changes you can make. And again, I know the best way that the kite flies. But if I deprive that person of learning through play, then are they really learning? So, oh, it becomes really, really difficult to apply that to oneself. And I have to remind myself of this all the time because it's like, no, I just want to be able to do the thing. Can you just give me the steps? Can I just do the thing? I like, I don't want to go through all of the failure and the, the fumbling around. I just want to be able to do it. Just tell me how I can get there straight away. And it's like, but I do myself a disservice by not playing and kind of playing with the edges and seeing what doesn't work and how far can I push it. So that would be my third way of trying to find some motivation again is to go out and play. So you've got your your usual thing, you go out and you do it. Okay, let's use the half axle as an example. Half axle on a on a dual line sport kite. All right, so I got that down. That's great. Okay, can I half axle on the edge of the wind window? Okay, yeah. Can I do it uh, down at the ground? Uh, not as great. Okay, can I do it in the center of the wind window? Okay, yeah, no, I can't, but I'm going to keep trying. Okay, can I do it while coming in super hot? Okay, uh, no, I can't, but I'm going to keep playing with that until I can make that happen. Can I do it coming pointed directly at the ground and then do something? Um, you know, I, it's not the best example. Again, I'm just kind of sitting here at the camp and I'm trying to think of stuff off the top of my head. But the idea is to just kind of play around with it and find what works best for you, right? And play with things that even if you know how to do them. Right? So you take something you can do rather well and play around with the edges. So uh, if we're using, again, that dual line example, um, play around with the entry, play around with the exit, play around with the speed, play around with the timing. Can you play with the variability of timing? Can you play around with the input? Like, you know that the input should be this, 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 and this. But what about slightly changing one of the inputs? So instead of a pull turn, you give a push turn. 
right? Can you play around with that? And yeah, you're going to fail. It's going to crash a button, but it may actually work and it may actually help you unlock new things and different things. All right. So number four, number four that I use to help find motivation, especially in, in solo endeavors is I tell others, I tell others what I'm doing, what I've done. I make declarations. I get out there because personally, I, I know this about me, that if I go out and I say I'm going to do something and I make it a public declaration and I tell my friends and I tell my family and I tell social media, hey, I'm going to do this, it forces me to be accountable. So even when my motivation is kind of slacking and I just, I just cannot find the energy to get up and go do the thing. Well, you know what? I told people I was going to do it and I hate the idea of letting people down. Like the fear of letting people down is a good motivator for me. It's a good driver. So I will just grin and bear it and get my ass up and go do the thing. All right. Um, that's, that's not for everybody. It's just one of those things that I recognize in myself. Maybe it resonates for you. So, uh, yeah. So number five, uh, I call it taking bites of the elephant. So it can be very, very demotivating when you look at a monumental task and you're just looking at everything that needs to be done. And it's just like, I can't possibly do this. This is crazy. There, there is no way that I could possibly do this. This thing is so massive. It's a, it's a freaking elephant and it's marching around and it's stomping on things and leaving big elephant dung piles everywhere. And there is no single way that I can, I can handle this. And then the bites of the elephant kind of analogy or, or metaphor, analogy, whatever it is, the bites of the elephant is, all right, so someone has come in and told you, you need to eat that elephant, that big stomping, horn blowing, pooping elephant that is, you know, parading through your mind, you need to eat it. Well, most of us, you know, we're humans. We got tiny little mouths and we can't fit an elephant in there. So the way that we're going to do it is we're going to take little bites, tiny little bites, a nibble here, a nibble there, a nibble here, a nibble there. And eventually we can eat the whole elephant, right? We'll be able to just take little chunks out of this monumental task and it becomes less daunting and in a way that can free up your motivation. So if being overwhelmed is something that kills your motivation, the bites of the elephant approach is is something that can maybe help you be motivated because it breaks things down. So you go and you, you look at your, your overall task like, okay, I want to perform with a team. Yeah, so to kind of go back at the beginning of, of this little segment, I'm visualizing the end. What I want to do is I want to perform with a team. All right. Well, I know I need teammates, but 
before I get teammates, I have to be able to fly at a level that I can actually fly next to someone. Okay, well, to fly at a level that I can fly next to someone, I need to be able to have control of my kite. Okay, how do I define control of my kite? Control of my kite is I can launch and I can land and I can move around the sky with intention. Okay, so how do I define that? Uh, That is a launch from anywhere in the wind window and that is a landing from anywhere in the wind window. And that is the ability to regulate my speed while flying And if someone were to tell me, I want you to put the kite right there, I can do that. All right, so now I've broken that huge elephant down into these tiny little bites. And I can tackle, okay, I'm going to tackle just launches. I'm going to be able to launch from anywhere in the wind window with my kite in any position. All right, I can do that. All right, so... um, The last little thing that I like to use to help find my motivation is uh, I change my perspective Uh, or I I look at other aspects with a different view. And this is like perfectly timed because I'm I'm looking out my truck and (laughs) – I I keep seeing a bush move and I know that there are bears here, but uh, I don't think it's a bear. It's just, it's a stupid bird that keeps bouncing up and down. And I know that if I just kind of like move my position a little, I'm kind of like shifting around the truck right now to see if it's, if it's a bear, but I'm fairly certain it's just a bird. Anyways. All right. So other aspects or a different view. All right, so uh, if we look at that massive thing that we want to tackle, um, so sport kite flying. I want sport kite flying. All right, well, it's very easy to look at it from kind of the main avenue, which I want to fly kites and I want to be on the beach and I want to be a good kite flyer. Um, And yeah. My motivation's really, really lacking there. So do I still love kites? Yes. Okay, so what's one way that I can kind of change up my perspective and look at sport kites from a different view? Well, this podcast is the perfect example for that. Because uh, in doing the podcast and in talking to other people, doing interviews, trying to get videos, working with some other companies and all that, I'm looking at sport kites through a different lens or from a different aspect. And it's reigniting that passion and reigniting that fire and that motivation because I'm looking at things kind of differently. I'm not with my blinders on looking straight down this one path. So uh, that's my personal example. I'm trying to think of like a good other example for someone else. And uh, I guess I guess another example that could work for someone else is if you have been flying for a while um, and you've just really lost your motivation to fly, uh, why not try your hand at building? Uh, so build yourself some sport kites. There are some open source plans um, online 
or you can try and uh, mimic one and see if you can make it fly like the original. And once you've tried that, then see about design, sport kite design. See about fiddling with stuff, right? So that means now you're looking at sport kite flying through a somewhat different lens or a different aspect. So that can really help like change your perspective and also kind of free up some some motivation blocks that you may have or it may give you new motivation or new inspiration, right? All right. So, um, yeah, I've got the fire is, uh, is going out there in my little camp campfire and I, I got the coffee pot on and I see the water has been kind of perking away for a bit. So I, I think there's a nice cup of coffee ready for me and I'm going to step outside and go enjoy my time up in the woods. But uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to share some basic thoughts on motivation and finding your motivation, especially because I know a lot of us are solo flyers. We don't have the luxury of having a group of people that wants to fly with us and that can keep us out there. So um, it can be very, very easy to lose the motivation to keep doing this thing Um, or to just feel defeated. So, yeah, Uh, with that um, last little bit of motivation here is that uh, I'm really looking forward to Sport Kite Camp, June 16th through the 19th in Long Beach, Washington. The information is on both the sportkite.org Facebook page and on sportkite.org. We have an event listing there. You can sign up. We do have the centralized camp house, which you are welcome to come hang out at. Uh, We are going to share some meals. We're going to have some fun. This is going to be a really good time. Uh, so make sure you sign up. It is a, it's pretty much a free event and it's really focused on dual line sport kites, but we're not going to say no if you're a quad line flyer and you want to come hang out. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have some of the, the folks from here on the podcast will be attending. Some of the master flyers and builders will be there. So you could be, you know, sharing the line with some top flyers and it really is something that is open for everyone, right? So it doesn't matter if you've been flying for a long time or you just bought your first sport kite and you kind of want to learn a little bit more. This is going to be the place to be. So definitely come on out, check it out. We're going to have a lot of fun. Really, really looking forward to this. This actually has been something that's been motivating me for the the past month or so is, yeah, we got this in in about a month from now. So, uh, yeah, go check it out. It is on the sportkite.org website and on the Facebook page. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and close out this recording And get outside, pour myself a cup of coffee that's been boiling from river water uh, over the campfire. And uh, yeah, I'll see y'all later and hopefully see you at Sport Kite Camp. All right, bye!